Welcome to Her Open Thoughts Podcast. I am so grateful that you can join us today, friends. My name is Nikki Gretzelonik, and I'm your host. On this podcast, you will find a wide variety of topics, ranging from new ideas, new ways of thinking, perspective shifts, encouragement, motivation, and I will also include interviews with everyday people sharing their ideas and perspective shifts with us. And without further ado, let's get started. Hey friend, glad you're here. All right, y'all, this one is going to be heavy. Um, As if I haven't already been so vulnerable with y'all. Before I do any podcast episode, I pray and I just seek guidance from the Lord and I ask him to just put the episode topic into my mind like Lord this is all through you just you know I I can talk about just about anything I tend to be long-winded but I want this to be purposeful I want yeah there to be reason behind it and um I want it to be impactful. So, you know, who better to ask for advice than God? So, um, it came to me to tell my story. And um, I don't know that I've ever told my story from birth until now. um, Ever, really, besides people that are very close to me. And, um, even some friends and stuff like that, like probably know bits and pieces of my story, but not, um, all of it as a whole. Um, yeah. So I'm nervous <laughs> to tell this story, uh, to tell my story, um, for many reasons. Um, the biggest one being that my story, my life includes other people. And so I want to be sure that in telling y'all my story that I am not, you know, um, putting others down in the mix. Um, I honestly don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Um, I am continuing to work throughout my life on uh, people pleasing tendencies. Um, yeah. And, and too, you know, I, I think just the thought of like airing my dirty laundry, you know, um, putting it, that out there for whoever the world <laughs> to hear. Um, I know that I don't have a large audience at this point with this podcast, but just to know that anyone and everyone could potentially have access to it. Um, yeah, some nerves come along with that, um, which I think is, um, you know, rightfully so. Um, yeah, so obviously this is from my point of view, the only way that I could tell my story. Um, other people involved their point of view is going to be different. And so I think when we tell the story about our own lives, um, obviously it's a subjective thing. Um, 
I see my story this way, someone else from the outside looking in, if they had the opportunity to tell my story, they may tell it differently. Um, so there is that as well. Um, yeah, y'all, I, I may get emotional during this. Um, I did start to take notes and I thought to myself, like, if I start taking notes about my story, like I might be sitting here for quite some time. Um, and then I just thought to myself too, like, it's my life. Like who better to tell it than myself? Like, I don't think I need to take notes on this. Right. Um, so y'all, um, I am going to just tell y'all all all the things, um, you know, basically the highlights. I'm not going to give you a complete rundown of every detail in my life for the last 32 years. (laughs) We would be sitting here for like many podcast episodes, um, So yeah, I'm just going to do my best to run through the highlights. I will say um, that I feel like my long-term memory is not really good. (laughs) Um, Not sure why that is, but especially from my childhood, I don't remember a whole lot. I know that throughout the years, um, my sisters and other family members would bring things up and be like, hey, would you, did you remember this? Do you remember this? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're referring to. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so there is quite a bit of gaps throughout my life that I honestly don't have much memory from. I'm not sure why that is or if there is a sole reason. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Um, so one more thing before I actually get into my story is I, I thought to myself after I truly believe the Holy Spirit spoke over me, tell your story. Now is the time to, to lay it out there for the people that are listening to you and that, you know, are you part of your audience? This is the time for them to hear it. Um, And like I said, I've been wrestling with it. And yeah, I took a few minutes to just ask like, okay, but why? Why am I telling my story? What what is the purpose behind it? And so I have about three reasons here that I'm going to tell my story. And I'm hopeful that, you know, these are good reasons for you as a listener, like to tell your story as well, because we all have a story. We all have our lives that we're living and like, yeah, we, we can offer someone else something from that. And again, so the three reasons that I've come up with is the first one is to clarify who I am. You know, this is, I believe episode 10 now, And yes, in the introduction, I gave you guys a little bit of who I am at this point, but I I just want to clarify like my background, where I come from, um, the highlights that make up me. Um, and then number two, um, is to own my story. So I think that 
and telling our story and telling things that have happened around us, maybe to us, um, we're owning it by speaking it, you know, out loud by saying it, by sharing that with others, like we are owning that. Um, and that can be really difficult to do. Um, but I think that as a side note to that, um, there is potential for healing and growth through that, um, for myself. And again, for you, if you, if you are inspired after I tell my story to then tell your story, I just want you to know that I truly do believe that when we own our story, when we speak those words and we admit, admit, uh, truths about our lives, um, there's so much potential for healing and growth that can come from that. Um, and number three is that I am just, I'm hopeful that my story could inspire someone else. Maybe you don't relate to most things in my story. Maybe you relate to one thing in my story. Um, but I know one of the biggest things we can relate on just as human beings is like, we all go through struggles. We all have triumphs as well throughout our lives, right? There's, there's hills and valleys. And I think that just because we might not be able to relate exactly, we can relate to that general idea that we all have hills and valleys in our life. And, um, with that comes all the emotions and we can relate to that, you know? Um, and so again, I just, I, I think that, you know, I know that there is plenty of people who, because I am going to share some pretty hard stuff with you guys, and that's where I may get a little emotional, um, because it is emotional every time I bring up these things. I think, you know, I'm a true believer in, like, I don't honestly reminisce a lot on the past. I'm not really a reminiscer. I do my best to stay in the present moment, although I'm more of the type of person that um, struggles with anxious thoughts over the future, things like that, because I'm often thinking toward the future. Um, yeah, so yeah, because there is some hard things, like I said, in my past that I believe I've had to overcome to get to the place that I'm at today. And so bringing things, those things up, digging those things back up is, is hard. It's hard to think about sometimes. Um, but again, I'm, I'm just hopeful that that could inspire someone else because maybe some of the hard things that I'm going to bring up, maybe you're currently going through those hard things. And, you know, through this, I just want to emphasize like, you will make it out. You know, I'm, I'm nobody special. Um, but we are all children of God, you know, and, um, he didn't just hand select me to overcome certain obstacles in my life. Um, you know, if I can do it, you can as well. So, I'm just hopeful about that. And, you know, maybe there's something that stands out in my story that, you know, a friend or a family member or someone 
that is maybe going through similar situations. Um, and you can, you know, um, share this with them. Okay. So I am going to take a drink of my water y'all. So one second, bear with me. Okay. There's going to be, this is probably going to be my longest episode yet. So friends, without further ado, buckle up. (laughs) Okay. Um, okay. So let's just begin. Let's, let's do this. Okay. So I was born March 27th, 1990. Um, so 90s friends, where you at? (laughs) Um, okay. So I have, um, okay, so my parents are Robin and Terry, um, and I have two siblings. Um, so my older sister is Brittany, and then my younger sister is Ashley. So we're all about, I want to say, 18 months apart. I'm the middle child. So, um, yeah, my sister, my older sister, Brittany was about a year and a half when I was born and, um, then there was me and, um, then, yeah, so Brittany was about three and I was about a year and a half old when our youngest sister Ashley came along. So good riddance, like just to think about that right now. Um, so yeah, my parents had, what, about a three-year-old, a one-and-a-half-year-old, and a newborn at one point. Um, so three kids under four. Um, yeah. Um, that just made me think, like, I currently have a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. Um, I'm probably doing my math wrong on that, so whatever, that was just a little side note, but... And then, obviously, y'all know that I also have my daughter, Kaylee, that is almost 16. Okay, so back to my story. I'll try not to have too many tangents here, and I don't want to be too confusing. Um, Okay, so, again, I don't remember a whole lot of my childhood, you guys, so please forgive me for that. Um, But I'm going to share with you um, the main points that I do recall. Um, so, okay. So my earliest years, I remember my mom was mostly a stay at home mom. Um, she did babysit from home. She babysit, I know a couple of my cousins and then I think a few neighbor kids. I think at one point between my sisters and I, neighborhood kids and cousins, my mom had like, I want to say 10 kids every day, um, especially like during the summertime all day long. Um, so I do remember often playing outside with a bunch of kids every day. Um, inside, um, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, I'd say we were definitely on the line of what you would consider today poverty, honestly. Um, maybe between poverty and like right at the end of like middle class maybe um yeah my sisters and I though from my young youngest years like I don't remember like really too much financially 
when I was real little. I remember, um, you know, as kids, like, we always used our imagination, right? Like, we would make mud pies outside. I remember my sisters and I would, like, paint our nails with mud. Um, so weird. Um, we would go crawfish, crawdad, crawdad hunting, not crawfish, yeah, crawdad hunting. Um, that's weird. Just, like, take a bucket and, like, pick up crawdads, um, in the muddy yard. Um, yeah, we grew grew up in a, um, trailer, so, like, mobile home, um, I think my parents had about an acre of land, just flat land. I always recall we had no trees. Um, yeah, we lived next door to what was called the waterhole drive-through. Um, so it was a drive-through. You know, you can get snacks, uh, drinks, whatever. I think they had ice cream. Um, I remember often walking over there when my sisters and I got old enough. Um, at times to like get candy, things like that. Um, yeah, I, I remember, um, cause recently it was brought up cause I know a lot of kids are starting back to school and I have some friends that, you know, are taking their little ones to like, I think it's like a kindergarten interview type thing where they just see where your kid's at. Um, like, I don't know, educationally, like, knowing the alphabet, different things like that. Um, so I thought about that recently, and I was like, that is my youngest memory, I think, of, like, actually starting to worry. And I remember worrying, like, feeling like I'm not good enough, and I'm not going to know the answers that they're going to ask me. Um, so I think about that, and I'm like, how can a five-year-old... Um, I, I don't know, um, but I remember that, and um, so guys, this is the hard stuff that I, I remember, um, I don't know quite how old I was when I, you know, having these memories, but um, my dad was physically abusive towards my mom, um, mentally abusive towards my mom, um, there was often a lot of arguing in the house. I know down the road from where we lived, there was a bar and often, um, I'd say on the weekends, really, my parents would go there together with friends. And then typically when they got home, it was an argument, um, a bad one, <laughs> um, pretty chaotic. Um, I remember there being a lot of times me and my sisters, like, I think they would think that my sisters and I were asleep. Uh, sometimes my cousins, older cousins would come over and watch us. There was, there was always somebody watching us. We weren't alone. Um, I just remember, um, at times waking up to the fighting, um, my sisters and I, and, um, I just remember being scared a lot, um, yeah, and just begging um, for it to stop, um, and begging for my mom's safety, that kind of thing. Um, 
yeah so that's hard um uh, just bear with me guys um it's just hard to think about these things um and um yeah, I do remember that at times when my sisters and I, if we would misbehave, things like that, um, we would get whipped with a belt. Um, I do remember, I don't think it happened to me very often because I think I learned, to be honest, from a young age, like, what was expected of me, um, mainly from my dad, for that to not happen. So I I do think, and this isn't to blame this on my parents, but when you look back at things that have occurred throughout your life, you kind of start to realize as you like analyze your life and things like that, like, oh, this is where like this behavior in myself kind of maybe started. Um, and so I've definitely um, struggled with like perfectionism since as long as I can remember. And I think that even talking with you guys now about that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because I learned from a young age, like if I didn't want to get whipped with a belt, if I, um, wanted things, I, I learned to try to control the situation. If that makes sense. Like, what can I do to not add to this chaos? Like, what can I do to, like, not, um, make anyone mad? Because I was fearful. I was fearful of, uh, the chaos. The, it it was, I remember being real young and just being scared often. And so I, I think it's just like you learn what is expected and, um, yeah. And, I remember, yeah, just to the best of my ability, trying to do that. I was often honestly labeled, and this isn't my words, this is many other people's words. Um, People that have known me my entire life could vouch to say this as well. I was often, quote unquote, labeled the good girl. Um, And um, yeah, looking back, I feel like that has, that has effects on kids as well, right? Um, but yeah, so for the most part, my earliest years as a child, I remember my mom being a stay-at-home mom, babysitting. My dad was always an automotive mechanic. So as far back as I can remember, like that's what my dad did for a living. Um, he would often work on cars. He would like flip cars. So he would get cars that would just need a little bit of work or whatever. And like, he was often working out on cars out in the driveway, things like that. Um, yeah. And what else? Um, yeah, like I said, guys, I didn't take notes on this. Maybe I should have wrote some bullet points. Um, gonna try not to be too, too long here. Um, yeah, so let's see. There was some good points that I remember when I was real little. Um, now I know the things that I've shared with my, about my dad. Um, I know that I'm sure that's sounding really awful. Um, and, and it, 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 it is, you know, um, I, I do want to say that I, I do remember at times, like, my dad would, like, go to auctions for, like, these cars that he would flip and stuff, um, 
or he would do other side jobs and things like that and there would be times when my dad would ask my sisters and I like say it was summertime like who wants to who wants to come and I remember often like quickly being like I do I do like I had this pull in me often like I was still even now I remember at times being very scared and fearful I often still felt like a daddy's girl like I still like wanted that I always crave that um I guess like validation from him um so yeah um and um there was something I think sometimes comforting about his presence and I know that that may sound odd because on one end I was scared but then there would be times that I was often also um pulled to him and I think that often that just um goes with girls you know girls are often drawn to their daddies and they're um yeah um that's where you get the term like daddy's girl you know um yeah, so there was, um, there is some memories that I have of, you know, riding along with my dad for, like, side jobs and, um, going to auctions with him and things like that, and, um, and there's also, um, a lot of memories I remember being, my mom describes it as, like, I was, I was attached to my mom's hip when I was real, real little, um, I was often like in the kitchen with my mom and I I was with her a lot as well uh, when I was real little. Um, I actually, um, I think stemming from that, um, I already told you guys about like the kindergarten interview being worried and whatnot. Um, I ended up um, at five years old, obviously going to kindergarten. And then um, I think what I remember about my first year at kindergarten, that sounds funny, my first year, I was in, I was in kindergarten twice, so um, I'm pretty sure what was said was I was too immature, um, so, which basically for me meant that I was just too glued to my mom. I remember um, what I can remember of my first kindergarten year was just that I would ask for my mom most of the day, like, is it time to go home? I just want my mommy. And I remember crying, things like that, and just wanting to go home. Um, yeah, I think a part of that, besides my mom often babysitting other kids, I don't think we often like went out places and things like that. So I think that, um, maybe that was a part of it too. Like, I was socially awkward as a little kid, um, and yeah, the safest person I knew was my mom, um, so yeah, um, and I do want to say with all this, y'all, like, there is good memories I have with my parents, and there is not so good memories, and like, I don't, I know, I feel like I've already painted a really poor picture of my dad, and there's things to this day that he still struggles with his own demons, my mom as well. Um, our relationships are very strained to this day. Um, but I do want to say that I want to emphasize that I still love them. I still have so much love for them. They are my parents and, um, I know that they both had 
really dysfunctional childhoods as well uh, with physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse going on in the households. And I truly do believe that as poor as some of the situations were throughout mine and my sister's childhoods, like, I truly do think that they were doing the best they could with the knowledge and the resources they had at the time. So I just want to emphasize that. Um, okay. So moving on as the years went on, I want to say my parents divorced when I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I want to say I was about the age of nine. Um, so to be honest, um, I remember that being a really happy day for my sisters and I, I remember us honestly being happy about it, like genuinely, like even at a young age, like, so if I was about nine, my oldest sister was probably about 10 and a half. And then my youngest sister was probably about eight, something like that, or seven and a half, seven and a half, nine, 10 and a half, something, something like that. And so even though we were at such young ages, like I remember us, the three of us mutually agreeing, like, this is a good thing. Like it has been so much chaos and they're just not meant for each other. Like I remember us feeling that way as little kids. Um, and you know, over the years, and that's another thing, um, my sisters and I too, uh, currently we have strained relationships as well. I don't really have much of a relationship at this point today with my sisters or my parents. Um, so that is something that I continue to work through. Um, but I will say that over the years, like that is something that my sisters and I bonded on because we grew up in the same home. We experienced a lot of the same things and, you know, as unfortunate as it is to bond over really bad times, we honestly did. We bonded over a lot of really poor times that we all experienced together. Um, and there was some good moments too. And so we had those things to bond on. Um, okay. So where am I in the story? One second, guys, I'm trying not to go off into too many tangents, too many little details, because there's so much that I want to share with you. Um, so yeah, about, I want to say I was about nine years old when my parents divorced. Um, so my mom quickly got a job. I remember at one point my mom was working like three different jobs. Um, she was a manager at a McDonald's for years. Um, and I remember often her being like, to be honest, I remember her feeling shameful about that, embarrassed of it. I think she often thought we were embarrassed of her. But honestly, I just remember feeling so proud of my mom. So proud of my mom because she did what she felt like and what what she had to do to support me and my sisters. And um, what I remember is there was not much support from my dad. Um, I remember um, it was one of the first years that they were divorced and my dad just kind of disappeared. I remember not seeing my dad for like over a year straight at one point. Um, and then him returning um, just showing us pictures of the ocean, and he went there with a girl that he was seeing, and I just remember, like, 
I felt like I had to just act happy for him, but I was really angry. I was really angry because I was jealous. I was like, we've never been to the ocean. Like, you're showing us these pictures. Like, okay. Um, yeah. So there was moments like that and it, and it was hard. And then, um, my mom dated a few different people. Um, and then, yeah, my dad dated a few different people over the years. Um, I remember my dad, so we lived in Ohio. My dad moved to Kentucky over where he grew up in, where a lot of his family currently still live um, at the time when they divorced. And I want to say that we had about an hour plus drive in between um, our house with my mom and my dad's. And I do remember for years, um, once things kind of calmed down a bit, um, we would go to my dad's every other weekend and they had like a meeting spot, like kind of halfway for the both of them. And I remember that being fairly civil. Um, and then honestly, co-parenting, I think to the best of both of their abilities. Um, and, um, I remember, um, as the years went on and my sisters and I became teenagers, um, well, like our preteen years, my dad remarried and, um, he got with somebody that was like very healthy for him. And I remember us meeting her family and we moved into her home at one point. We, all three of us, uh, left my mom and I can only imagine how hard that was for my mom as I look back on that experience. But, um, yeah, so we flip-flopped and we, instead of being at my mom's full-time, we were at my dad's full-time and we went to my mom's every other weekend. So we moved to Kentucky for, I want to say it was a couple years, maybe two or three years. Um, and, um, my sisters, I think moved back in with my mom before I did. Um, I eventually was given no choice but to move back in with my mom, um, because my dad and his second wife were divorcing. And I remember at that point being really sad about it. And, um, because things were changing over at my mom's and with my sisters. And I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but I remember just looking at my dad and my dad basically saying, like, you have no option. He didn't really have a place to live at the time when him and his second wife were divorcing. He was living with family members and he was struggling, I think, mentally as I look back on it. And I just remember feeling very sad and just like that out of control feeling and just knowing like I don't like these options that I'm being given like basically I had no option like you have to move back in with your mom um and so I did and um getting back to things were changing over at my mom's basically to sum it up like the way that I sum up what was changing with my mom is my sisters being teenagers, and this isn't to exclude myself, I did, I 
eventually did some things as well. Um, they got into like the partying scene and honestly, um, it started with some drinking and I think it got to the point where like my mom allowed that she allowed, um, like friends to come over and it started out on the weekends and then it turned into, you know, like Friday night rolled into Saturday, Saturday rolled into Sunday, and then eventually Sunday ran into Monday and so on and so forth. And, um, I remember a lot of the times I've always told my husband, Curtis, like, I remember, like, I think God has given me, like, some type of, like, insight. It's like, I don't know, honestly, what to call it. That's the best word I can come up with right now is, like, I just remember often, like, looking. It was almost like I had, like, a bird's eye view of, like, like an out-of-body experience. Like, if you could picture, like, closing your eyes and just... I heard this recently described this way. So this is the best way I could find to describe it at the moment. It was like, close your eyes and like, imagine yourself as like a bird, like leaving your body and you're just flying up and you're looking over at your life. And that's like a bird's eye view. And I remember like often like having like, I guess like a bird's eye view for lack of better words or terms to use of the situation and of what was happening and I was just like watching it play out and honestly like I would often say to my husband is like watching it play out like a movie like where you see things happening you see things progressing and gradually getting worse and you can often you know in a movie tell like oh this is about to happen oh this is about to happen um I remember that growing up and like into my early teenage years and um, when it came to the partying that was happening at my house and like slowly but surely it was like my mom was also partying with my sisters and I lived in the home but I, I just remember often like feeling out of place like I don't know why I wasn't interested but I often wasn't interested in it. Um back to I became a perfectionist and so with that I became an achiever and like even though um it didn't come supernatural for me like I really tried in school and so school was like my main point of focus and like it got to the point when I was home like I couldn't focus on my schoolwork I couldn't focus on my homework um I would try to talk to my mom but she was going through so many changes like I think it became her way of coping by, by drinking and drinking with my sisters and everybody was often like relaxed and having fun. And I was just like, what are y'all doing? Um, and not to make myself look or sound like, you know, I never did any wrong and never made any mistakes because I did. And fast forward to about eighth grade, I met my oldest, um, dad and he was less than a year older than me. And anyways, um, long story short, he got his license before I did. Um, yeah, like basically to sum it up, I just remember like he would come and get me and I wouldn't even really say where I was going. And I would just from it, I just remember like, like I felt like I was escaping the situation And we would hang out and we were young and emotionally, um, 
and just all around, you know, immature. We were kids and um, we were lacking a lot of guidance. And again, we were immature and just all those things wrapped into one. Again, long story short, I um, I became pregnant uh, my freshman year. Again, you guys, please keep in mind, I was in kindergarten twice, graduated high school when I was 19. So gave you a, a spoiler alert there. Uh, telling you I graduated despite that. Um, so yeah, I, I actually, okay, moving back a little bit, I ended up moving in with him, um, with his family. Um, I think looking back, um, his parents knew kind of my home situation, but I remember what I remember telling them was like, oh, I'm just not really getting along with my sisters. And if I remember right, there really wasn't even much of a talk with my mom or anyone at the time. I just kind of left. And so I was about 15 at the time. And then, yeah, so my freshman year, I was 15. It was maybe the middle of my freshman year. I became pregnant. Um, so we had met my eighth grade year and by the middle of my freshman year, I was pregnant. And of course I chose to keep my baby, Kaylee. Um, and yeah, life progressed quickly. Um, I fortunately was able to keep up my grades my freshman year, but I was really sick. I had a lot of nausea and vomiting and and um, I missed a lot of school. And so I found out at the end of my freshman year that despite my good grades, um, at the time, um, back in 2005-2006, at the school that I was currently attending, um, despite my good grades, um, I failed for my attendance. So, um, and just a side note with all of this, um, at the time, during th this period of time, I rarely spoke to my family, my sisters, my parents, um, and um, my oldest daughter's dad's family and her family were a, a big support during that period of time in my life. Um, but it was hard. It was very hard. Um, I don't want to sugarcoat that. Um, I I just, I'm so grateful for Kaylee though. And I do know that it was a part of God's plan. And although I don't want my kids to get pregnant or have babies in high school, um, I don't want that for them. And I do not encourage that. It is a part of my story and I wholeheartedly own that. Um, I remember feeling a lot of shame for a lot of years and still to this day, I feel some guilt for what I could have, should have, would have done with her differently in her younger years. But, you know, um, now that I'm older and know better, I obviously do better now. Um, so, yeah, I back to guys, I'm really sorry if this gets a little confusing. Um, back to when I got pregnant and I failed my freshman year my attendance despite my good grades so at the time and I'm sure schools still have this we had where I was still a part of the school um, I wasn't dropping out I was still a part of the school but I was able to like catch up on credits by doing classes through what was called virtual learning online during the summer in between my freshman and sophomore year um, while I was pregnant with Kaylee 
Um, so I remember that being really rough. I was easily distracted. I was at home. Um, but I did it and I'm super proud of that. Um, because it was challenging, but I, I think I quickly learned to grasp on to Kaylee became such a motivating factor for me, even before she was fully in this world yet, you know, just, you know, a little baby growing inside of me. Um, and yeah, so her birthday, she'll turn 16, August 24th of this year, um, 2022. So yeah, she was born just about the time school was starting, probably almost to the day, um, of my sophomore year. So yeah. Um, and during that time, yes, I was several months pregnant on my 16th birthday. So much different than her story, which I'm very grateful for. Um, although, you know, like, I'm grateful for her. I know that like that gets really confusing, but it is what it is, right? Um, so yeah, um, I remember it being a tough situation going into my sophomore year of high school because I think that at the very beginning, I was missing some school because I was having a baby. <laughs> and then I remember, I think the school was trying to just tell me to finish my schooling on virtual learning or basically encouraging the option of dropping out and getting my GED. And I'm so grateful that I had actually Kaylee's grandmother um, on her dad's side advocating for me and pushing for me. And I was able to go back to regular school and attend despite uh, starting later than the other kids. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a hard process getting started back with a newborn baby. Um, but I did have a lot of support of, especially her grandma on her dad's side and her grandpa on her dad's side. Um, and her dad was supportive, um, in ways as well. Um, as most of you know, I'm sure that are listening to this, um, you know that, um, yeah, that relationship didn't work out, but you know, there is silver linings to all of that because yeah, time went by and I had, um, a couple, um, relationships in between that one serious relationship in between, um, Kaylee's dad and then now meeting my husband. So I met my husband, Curtis, through Facebook, y'all. Um, at the time, just before I met him and accepted his friend request on Facebook, I had sworn off men. I was done. I was so done. Um, and yeah, I am so grateful. I was able to like take that leap of faith, accept that friend request. Time went on and we talked here and there through Facebook. And then we um, began dating uh, December 19th, I believe, of 2015. Yeah, so yeah, December of this year, 2022, we will be together for seven years. Since then, we have gotten married. We have been married for 
uh, we got married May 10th of 2018, just before we had our first son, our first baby, CJ. Um, yeah, so we've been married for four years, together almost seven, um, and we had our third and last baby, well, our third child combined, but Curtis's second biological child, um, Addison, um, yeah, March 17th, (laughs) St. Patrick's Day of 2021, I paused there for a second, I'm sorry, um, yeah, so she turned one back in March, um, so yeah, and yeah, so fast forward to today, I am happily married, y'all, and yeah, with an amazing man. And um, there, there's a lot that I didn't tell you in that. I feel like I almost need a part two here. Um, yeah, so in high school, there's a part that I didn't tell. I did go to a vocational school my last two years of high school. Kaylee is going to go to that same vocational school. I thought I wanted to do nursing. I got into nursing, uh, the diversified health occupation for a little bit. I discovered through that that, nope, actually nursing is not for me. Uh, Through research of being in a family with a lot of substance addiction around me, uh, yeah, I often, like, would find myself doing research at school, like, how do I help my family? Like, what do I do with all of this? And I discovered that there is something called a substance abuse counselor, that led me, that was like, I want to say the end of my junior year of high school, that led me down that path. And out of my, after graduating, uh, fall after I graduated high school, I started um, going to college. I went to a community college. It was the first, I believe, in a in my family to go to college. Um, that was huge. I remember being so, so fearful And I just always tell people that are first time people going to college, don't think you can't do it because other people in your family haven't done it. That's what um, college advisors are for. Um, There's so many resources out there today, y'all. Like, I wouldn't have made it to where I am today without utilizing resources that are available. Um, That is one thing I want to strongly emphasize. Um, Y'all, I you know, yes, I'm hesitant in admitting this because this is putting my dirty laundry out there. But at one point I was on food stamps. At one point I was on Medicaid. Um, at one point I was in section eight housing in an apartment, um, that wasn't the best environment around. Um, I got a Pell Grant to go to college. I, I utilized resources and I built my way up and, um, it was hard and I had to swallow my pride and I struggled, but it is possible. It is so possible. And so if you find yourself in any of those situations and you are scared and you don't know and you, you feel like, well, I don't really have family to help me. I don't know anybody that can help me. I can at least guide you in a direction of resources that can help you. Every county has resources available to you. You just have to be willing, first and foremost, to swallow your pride. Um, 
I feel like those resources are out there for the people that need them. And my biggest thing and a biggest motivating factor for me was like, I'm going to work my way out of this situation. And one day I'm going to give back to other people that need the help that I once did. And now today, um, I, I did become a substance abuse counselor and I did that work for about five years and I came home to my babies. The Lord led me home to my babies. Um, my husband was able to get a really financially secure job. Um, and he has been working for, um, Barrett for, I want to say four plus years now. I've been a stay at home mom for, it'll be three years in November. Um, I have started homeschooling my youngest too. Well, just CJ right now, we're at a preschool level. Um, life is so much different, so much different. And y'all, there's so many details that I left out. Um, but I feel like I touched on the main highlights and I just want to emphasize again that I wasn't trying to paint an awful picture towards anyone in my life. Um, I still have so much love for my parents and my siblings. Um, I still want a relationship with all of them. Um, but yeah, I, right now I, I'm focusing so much on my immediate family here, the family that I have grown with, along with my husband, we are doing our best to consistently edit our lives, look at our lives, analyze them, what's working, what's not, um, what do we want our lives to look like? And like, trying to instill in ourselves and in our children like I don't want us to just look like we have a good life I don't want it to just look good on the outside I want it to feel good on the inside um and and that's something that you know we've been attending church only consistently for about a year and a half now y'all and that is one of the biggest resources that I can encourage you to do is to seek the Lord and if you are new to the faith like I'm telling you, I understand it's hard, but look back, listen back to some of my previous episodes and I'm hopeful that it can help you because I know what it's like to be new to that as well. And friend, um, I hope that this was inspiring. I hope that you were able to get something from my story. I hope that if nothing else, it was encouraging. Um, yeah, I hope that I encouraged you to share your story because We all have a story and it is very unique to us. And although it's unique, so many people are going to relate to different parts of your story. And I can almost guarantee you are going to inspire someone else. Um, So I guess that's all I have for y'all today. Take care. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode in its entirety. I hope that it blesses you. If you were able to get value out of this podcast episode, please share it with a friend. If you would like to connect more with me, you can do so by reaching out to me over on Facebook at Nikki Grizzlonic or on Instagram at G underscore Nikki 30. I look forward to connecting with you, friend. Thank you.